Welcome to the Movie Planet. This week we continue looking at the Alien franchise with the third installment, Alien 3 from 1992. With Joe. What's this 85 thing? A couple of us sneaked a look at his personnel file the day he arrived. It's his IQ. And JC. I'm not the officer type. I just take care of my own. And Sam. Take off. I gotta re educate some of the brothers. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Clemens and Ripley to my 85, Sam and Joel. Joel, welcome back. Thank you. you Dibs on Clemens. I'm doing well. You want Clemens? Yeah, I'll take Clemens. And we are joined again by our alien aficionado, Sam. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Uh, Were you excited about this movie this week? It's it's a really strange yes. It really is. It's a strange yes. Yes. Like you're not quite sure, but you'll deal with and it. And especially since I'm the Ripley, and ironically enough, I'm just in my underwear right now. <laughs> Somebody has to be. Uh, this week we'll be talking about the 1992 science fiction horror film Alien Three or Alien Cube, however you want to read it. Cube. We are continuing this franchise after talking about last week's Aliens, and we'll watch Alien Resurrection and Prometheus in the coming weeks, leading up to our final show for the Alien franchise, Alien Covenant. Let's see if this franchise is all cracked up to beat. All right. Well, we're going to jump into the uh, trash bin that is Alien 3. Uh, a little more respect. And, it, no, I, I really can't. So, uh, you know, here, here we go. Oh. Let me see if I have this correct, Lieutenant. It's an eight-foot creature of some kind with acid for blood, and it arrived on your spaceship. It kills on sight and is generally unpleasant. And, of course, you expect me to accept all this your word no i don't expect anything quite a story mr aaron right sir it's a beauty never heard anything quite like it sir expect not tell me lieutenant what would you suggest we do well what kind of weapons have you got this is a prison it's got a good idea to allow prisoners access to firearms keeps them from killing you yeah there's no way to escape with the arrival of the next supply ship, the company would eliminate This is a maximum security prison. And you have no weapons of any kind? We have some carving knives in the abattoir, a few more in the mess hall, some fire axes scattered about the place, nothing terribly formidable. That's all. You're on the honor system. We're fucked. No, you're fucked. Confined to the infirmary, quarantined. Mr. Aaron will escort you. I think you'll be safe from any large, nasty beasts while you're there, right? Yes, that's a good girl. This week we are talking about the miraculously made Alien Cubed or Alien 3 from 1992, directed in his first film ever by David Fincher. After this, he went on to direct Seven, The Game, Fight Club, Panic Room, Zodiac, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Social Network, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and Gone Girl. Before this movie, he just did music videos. 
Uh, this movie is starring a cavalcade of actors who would also make for one hell of a Shakespearean play. Sigourney Weaver is Ripley. Charles Dutton is Dylan. Charles Dance is Clemens. Paul McGann is Gallic. Brian Glover as Andrews. Ralph Brown is Aaron, or as we know him, 85, based on his personnel file. Danny Webb is Morris, Pete Postlewaite as David, a slew of other convicts, and Lance Henriksen as both Bishop and Evil Corporation Bishop. The making of this film, the Wikipedia page goes oh, on it's a treasure and on for pages. I have managed to crunch the trivia down here to get us through this making of. This is another film where it's a friggin' miracle that we get another solid future director. Alien, Ridley Scott's first big film, Aliens is James Cameron's first film after Terminator, which hadn't come out yet. And now, now Alien 3, David Fincher's first film ever. The Alien franchise has bred good directors. Yeah. Now, this is, we're going to go back to 1986, just after Aliens comes out. 20th Century Fox approaches Brandywine Productions on further sequels. But Brandywine was less than enthused with an Alien 3 project, with producer David Geeler later explaining he and partners Walter Hill and Gordon Carroll wanted to take a new direction. So this is their story. The trio opted to explore the duplicity of the Wayland yutani Corporation and why they were so intent in using the aliens as biological weapons, something that we've wanted to know for a long time. Yeah. Why do they want to use these things? Various concepts were discussed, eventually settling on a two-part story. So they're going to do two movies. With the treatment for the third film featuring the underhanded Wayland yutani Corporation facing off with a militarily aggressive culture of humans whose rigid socialist ideology has caused them to separate from Earth society completely. Corporal Hicks would be promoted to the protagonist in the third film, with Ellen Ripley reduced to a cameo appearance before returning in the fourth installment. An epic battle with alien warriors mass-produced by the expatriated Earthlings to take on Earth. Cool! Yeah. Now, I want to, while we're on the subject of directors still, trivia. What was the last music video David Fincher directed before Alien 3? I don't know. Mills like Teen Spirit. George Michaels. Freedom! Great video. Freedom! Weaver, Sigourney Weaver, likes the Cold War metaphor and agreed to a smaller role, particularly due to his, her dissatisfaction with Fox, who removed scenes from Aliens crucial to Ripley's backstory, which we talked about in the director's cut. 20th Century Fox is skeptical about the idea, but they agree to finance the development of the story because it's Aliens, gotta make that money. Fox asked that Hill and Geeler attempt to get Ridley Scott to make Alien 3, and while Scott was not return interested in returning to the franchise, it did not work out because of his busy schedule. What was he doing before then? Thelma and Louise, where he gets his first nomination for Best Director. Smart move. Yeah. Now we go to the 1987 to 1989 piece. Geeler and Hill approached author William Gibson to write the script for the third film. Gibson accepts the task. Fearful of an impending strike by the Writers Guild of America, Brandywine asks Gibson to deliver a screenplay now. The following year, director Rennie Harlan was approached by Fox. Harlan wanted to go in different directions from the first two movies, having interest in both visiting the alien homeworld or having the aliens invading Earth. Now we get to Gibson's story. His, his idea. The sequel picks up after Aliens with the Sulaco drifting into an area of space claimed by the Union of Progressive Peoples. The ship is boarded by people from the UP, what's called UPP, who are attacked by a facehugger hiding in the entrails of Bishop's mangled body. The soldiers blast the facehugger into space and take Bishop with them for further study. The Sulaco then arrives at a space station shopping mall hybrid named Anchor Point. Oh, 
God. With Ripley put in a coma, Hicks explores the station and discovers Wayland yutani are developing an alien army. In the meantime, the UPP are doing their own research, which led them to repair Bash Bishop. Eventually, Anchor Point and the UPP stations are overrun with the aliens, and Hicks must team up with the survivors to destroy the parasites. The film ends with a teaser for a fourth movie, where Bishop suggests to Hicks that humans are united against a common enemy, and they must track the aliens to their source and destroy them. Boo! (laughs) The producers, on the whole, are unsatisfied with the screenplay, which Geeler described as a perfectly executed script that wasn't all that interesting. Particularly if you're not taking new directions with the initial pitch, they still liked certain parts, such as the subtext making a the alien a metaphor for HIV, which is big in the 87 to 89. This is when you get Magic Johnson coming out, I believe. But felt it lacking the human element present in Aliens and Gibson's trademark cyberpunk aesthetic. Now the WGA, the Writers Guild of America strike, ends, and Gibson is asked to make rewrites for Rennie Harlan. He declines citing various other commitments and foot-dragging on the producer's part. So, so far, nothing can line up. After Gibson leaves, Harlan brings on Eric Red, another screenwriter. He worked less than two months on his delivery of the script in 89, which uh, says, the one script I completely disowned because it was not my script. It was the rushed product of too many story conferences and interference with no time to write and turned out utter crap. Ah, boy. If you're a studio, don't you give up at this point? The thing is, Aliens was such a cash cow that the business in me, businessman in me says, hell no, we're going to make this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to skip the very next script here because that's even worse because it turns into AVP Requiem. Uh, Brandywine rejects Eric Red's script for deviating way too much from their story and eventually gave up on developing two sequels simultaneously. They said, forget it, let's just do one. They bring in writer David Toohey. Now, if you don't know who this guy is, he's responsible for the Riddick series. That would have been really cool. So here's David Toohey's idea. Once the fall of communism made the Cold War analogies outdated, Toohey changed his setting to a prison Prison planet, planet, which is Riddick which was being used for illegal experiments on the aliens for a biological warfare division. Now, Rennie, resurrection. Rennie, Rennie Harlan hates this approach. He thinks it's too similar to the previous movies, and he walks out. No more director now. Jeez. So they've gone through three writers, one director in Rennie Harlan. Who will they bring up next? A little fellow named David, uh, or Vincent Ward. Vincent Ward. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Weaver is called beforehand with a reported $5 million salary plus a share of the box office receipts just to keep her on. She requested the story be suitably impressive, original, and non-dependent on guns. I love it. Take take your only chance of surviving out. Yeah. They bring on Vincent Ward because David Toohey's script is delivered, and they go, yeah, no. Vincent Ward's idea. Ward envisioned a planet whose interior was both wooden and archaic in design where Luddite-like monks would take refuge. The story begins with a monk who sees a star in the east, Ripley's escape pod, and at first believes this to be a good omen. Anyway, this is a monastery monastery thing. They turn into a monastery. Uh, The monks are there, and I'm not going to read this whole script because it's just... It's a cool idea, but it's in space. What is not going to work in space? Ward pitches his story with the studio. The studio says, yes, we love it. Doesn't tell David Toohey, who finds out that his script isn't the only one being written for the studio, and he leaves. 
And now Ward is the director of Alien 3. We need somebody. Hurry, 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 hurry. <laughs> this gets more bananas. Uh, Ward finds out, basically, that the production crew isn't keen on it. They don't like the idea of doing this. The producers at Brandywine discuss the logical, logistical problems of creating and maintaining a wooden planet in space. And Ward says, it's not a planet, it's a satellite. And they go, no, it's a planet now. <laughs> That's where I got planet. Yeah. <laughs> While Fox executive John Landau considered Ward's vision to be more bent on the artsy-fartsy side than the big commercial one, than Ridley Scott and James Cameron employed, which shows you how stupid they were, because Ridley Scott's was an art film, it wasn't a commercial film. Yep. Right. Ward managed to dissuade the producers of their idea by turning the planet into an ore refinery and the monks into prisoners, but eventually Fox asked a meeting with the director, imposing a list of changes to be made, and refusing to do so, Ward is fired as director. Yeah, got him. The main plot of the finished film still follows Ward's basic structure. Now, they go back and forth trying to get a director to line up. The director won't go on unless there's a screenwriter. The screenwriters won't come on until there's a director. And back and forth they go, back and forth they go, until... Fox approaches music video director David Fincher. Now, you have to go through a cavalcade of directors before you go for someone who's just been working on MTV. Fincher did further work on the screenplay with author Rex Pickett, and despite Pickett being fired and Hill and Geeler writing the final draft of the screenplay, he revised most of the work done by the previous authors. And David Fincher jumps on. They go, okay, you ready? We got a bit of a problem. We've already spent $7 million on the budget uh, on sets. But we don't have a screenplay yet. There's no script. Uh, essentially, they're writing the script as they're filming this. And even worse, as you find out in the making of movies on YouTube, the production company, 20th Century Fox, is calling his assistants, David Fincher's assistants, to try to get them to do things that the production company wants and not telling Fincher. So he's constantly being under... Well, it's funny. They are Wayland yutani it turns out. Hmm. They're the corporation. What's your history with this movie, Joel? Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> First time you saw it was Wednesday, right? First time I've seen all of these will be on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, how about you? When did you foresee um, this? Funny enough, I saw one, two, and Resurrection. I never saw the third one until I bought the actual <laughs> Blu-ray collection. <laughs> it's a gem, isn't it? Honestly, I would rather watch three than Resurrection any day. I'm kind of on the opposite end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, I was in Saugatuck, Michigan uh, with my best friend at the time. I saw it playing at some cheap movie theater, and I begged my buddy to go. Because I had seen Aliens. I had seen Alien. I was like, this thing is awesome. You're going to have to go see it. And as a 10 or 11-year-old, you go, this is the greatest movie ever. And at the time, I loved it. I loved it. And as I grew up, I loved it less. I saw more problems. It's funny, though. As many problems as I see with it, mm -hmm. I still love it. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. JC said, because JC came over on Wednesday also to watch it. And he was like, it's so bad, but... I liked a lot of it. Yeah. You know? It's like, I'll nitpick the fuck out of it. Oh, yeah. But it, I'll still watch it before Resurrection. It reminds me of the movies that are on in the background when you're growing up that you see bits and pieces of, but you just have positive associations with them. You're not expecting much out of them because they're just on TV movies or whatever it may be. And then you actually sit down to analyze. You're like, this is 
not the <laughs> best movie. Yeah. yeah well, but, like, I mean, anything with Keanu Reeves that you watch on TNT, you grow up like, I, I love the replacements. Yeah. We sit down to, or I mean, Hardball, uh, Point Break. Yep. When you, like, movies, like, I love this movie growing you up. You mean Moneyball? Not Moneyball. What's Hardball? Hardball. No. Oh, G-Baby? Yeah. <gasps> Wait, wait! You don't. You never. Yes, seen found one. No, you. You have to have seen it. I. I've never heard of. He's got a gambling it's problem. One of Keanu's best movies. Oh, it's. Um. Oh man, I can't. Okay, wait. now I'm looking it up later. I can't wait for you to see Hardball. I'm gonna I watch really it. I'm gonna watch it this weekend. Please. Remember when you call me Big Papa. Oh man, I found one. Damn it! But it wasn't one that all of us hadn't seen. Yeah, Joe, watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that feel, Joel? Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough. One more thing before I get into the synopsis here. Well, first off, the synopsis is courtesy of Wikipedia today, whose plot synopsis is shorter than the actual making of the film. (laughs) Uh, But also, there are two cuts of this movie. There is the theatrical cut, which David Fincher didn't like when it was only about 117 minutes. David Fincher has disowned this whole series. Uh, And then there's the assembly cut. This is two hours and 37 minutes. The company said, David Fincher, you're a big big dude now. Hey, it's 2000. Can you come over here and maybe make your piece that you want to do, your director's cut of this film? And he said, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. And when he walked away from it, the studio said, uh, we'll just <laughs> assemble something together and call it the assembly cut, and it, maybe it'll work. And it doesn't still. Here we go. <clears throat> A fire starts aboard the Colonial Marine spaceship Sulaco. The computer launches an escape pod containing Ellen Ripley, the young girl Newt, Hicks, and the damaged android Bishop. All four are in cryonic stasis. Scans of the crew's cryotube show an alien facehugger attached to one member. The pod crash lands on Fiorina Fury 161, a foundry facility and a penal colony <laughs> inhabited by nice. male inmates with double Y chromosome syndrome, a genetic mutation present in some males in the 22nd century, which gives the afflicted individual a predisposition for brutal and antisocial behavior such as rape and murder. The inmates who live and work on Fiorina Fury 161, due to their dangerous nature and histories of violence, recover the crashed pod and its passengers. Another facehugger is seen approaching inmate Murphy's dog, Spike. Here's your beginning. Joel, what'd you think? Um, I, uh, A lot of jump cuts. But I didn't like the jump cuts. Yeah. I mean, I, I was trying... <laughs> I, just, I wanted to like, digest a movie first, but I probably didn't get five minutes into this movie before I was like... This is <laughs> not the movie was horrible, but like I hated the they just weren't timed well. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, going from one thing and then like this bah, flash of the face hugger on the ship, but then back. Yeah, they did. There's something about the timing of the jumps that does it does not flow. It does not fit well. It does not sit well mm-hmm. with me. But yeah, I just I didn't like I did not like the opening. But it's hard to follow the first alien opening. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, you're also sitting there going, okay, you're showing me a lot of things. Okay, they'll explain it later in the movie. And so the continuity issues begin immediately. <laughs> they never explain anything in that jump cut start. But they do, on accident, reveal the solution to the mystery of what's going on with Ripley. Because she's coughing every now and then. But you see in the jump cuts already, the facehugger was on her. Hers is the only glass that's broken with the face hugger on it. That's it. Done. The mystery solved. Why is it a mystery through the movie? 
I don't know. <laughs> he's supposed to. Like, I wonder if it's even supposed to be a mystery throughout the movie, or if he's saying, yeah, "This will teach you to pay attention during the opening scenes of movies." Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe I learned my me, lesson. I always, uh, I always thought that uh, Newt was impregnated. See, I, I never did because, I, granted, they you know you 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 can tell uh, something's uh, awry with Ripley. She might be preggers. She might be preggers. There you go. Um, sorry, I'm just going to pull this. There, now I don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, oh, I've got the JC mic. Yeah, what's up? There you go. Ripley is awakened by Clemens. Now, this is a theatrical cut. You just skip right to her waking up from Cle- with Clemens, who informs her that she is the sole survivor. She is warned by the prison warden, Harold Andrews, that her presence may have disruptive effects. He delivers every line just like that. Uh, Ripley insists that Clemens perform an autopsy on Newt, secretly fearing that Newt may be carrying an an alien embryo. Despite protests from the warden and his assistant, Aaron, the autopsy is conducted and no embryo is found. The bodies of Newt and Hicks are cremated. Can I I be JC for a second? Please do. There wouldn't be any blood. (laughs) Yes, he had a big problem with the fact that the autopsy had blood flown out of it. I didn't like that scene. I didn't like the sound of them like breaking into the child's chest. Well, I'm sure nobody in the theaters when they saw this movie were like, you just killed off two characters immediately Mm -hmm. that could have been so vital, and you literally trashed them. Cameron's idea was that the three of them would go on to be their own family. Sure, I'd go with that. But let's let's kill them off. Yeah. Don't even even give them five minutes in the movie. Just kill them. I, I... Apparently, the original scene they had for the autopsy was so disgusting, it was making their own producers throw up. Oh, I wish we saw that one. Wow. And so they knocked it down to this, which, that's a big change. I didn't think it was that bad. No. I didn't think it was necessary. The only thing it was... It's a horror film. They're going to make it necessary. Is it, though? (laughs) It was necessary in the (laughs) fact that Ripley has seen the cryogenic tube with the burn on it and she sees it on newt's cryogenic tube even though the animal was never on newt's so you got a problem there yeah uh (laughs) there's there's one yeah uh so she wants to check and the way she's checking it's not it's under the bone it's not a breast exam no she was checking for like breast cancer it looked like uh so yeah i didn't understand that when did she become an like oh well this is how you check for an alien because she's like, you've been in my life so long, I don't remember anything before. <laughs> so now she... Yeah, don't use the machine that she used to check on herself. Yeah. Just, just go in and slice her up. Because you you didn't really care that much for Newt's body and what happens to be desecra- desecrated. It should be noted here that all the prisoners in this facility have found God. For some reason. Uh, and uh, while the bodies are being cremated... Another is being born. An oh, alien to the brothers. An alien pops out of Spike the dog. Now, yeah, I did not watch because you gave me so much shit for not watching the director's cut. I watched the assembly cut, which is not a director's cut. Which is not a director's <laughs> cut, but nonetheless, it is an alternate version with more stuff and goodies. But really, not so much goodies. No, it's 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 forty five more minutes of time. You go. Come on. Come on. But in that cut, it doesn't pop out of a dog. It pops out of a 
ox. Yes. Uh, and Covered in maggots. Oh, yeah, it's a lovely look. Uh, so it pops out of the, the dog, thus killing an animal. You know, I'm sure all the dog lovers up there love that part. And that alien's about the same size of the dog. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. It's not the size of our normal chest burster. <laughs> it's the full size of the dog. Dude, this, which makes no <laughs> sense. What did I say? What did I say? I was like, is it already fully grown? Yeah. <laughs> like, what no, did I say sure. in the yes. movie? That thing came. I was like, that is not what they've looked like. And we were like, no, it's just the first time we've seen it. I was like, no. No, it literally popped out the chest. Yeah. The head, the well, head listen. alone is longer than the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, is, I guess that's uh, why they changed it a, to an ox. What a great movie. Um, <laughs> listen, there are babies that are born gigantic. <laughs> but not bigger than the actual mother. Well, oh, yeah, that's right. Because no, it wasn't a queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly film. Uh, growing to full Which, size. by the way. Yes. <laughs> another continuity issue. Um, spoiler alert, as Ripley is carrying the queen. Oh, what did the book talk about it then? Oh, sorry. Yeah. We're on the, t- we're on size comparison. Sorry. <laughs> Growing to full size, the alien kills Murphy, Boggs, and Reigns. If you don't know who they are, nobody else does because you didn't watch the, uh, assembly cut. And returns outcast prisoner Gallic to his previously psychopathic state. If you don't know who he is, because you didn't watch the, uh, assembly cut. Ripley finds the damaged Bishop in the wreckage of the ship. And Bishop ain't looking good. He looks worse than he did at the end of Aliens. His face is all ripped off. It it really reminded me of uh, when um, they did the the switch with Ash's real head in the mechanical one. (laughs) It really reminded, like, I was like, yeah, that doesn't look very good. Well, do you want to know why it didn't look good? Why? Because it wasn't good. Because well, they already spent $7 million on a budget with no screenwriter? No. As I read in another place after watching the movie, because I believe for a second there that was Lance Henriksen's head, that was all puppeteer. No, yeah, it looked like it. Yeah. And so they were like, we're not going to make the same mistake of having Lance Henriksen's head there because it looked so bad last time with Ash. Let's just make it a full-on puppet. And it it's only been 10 or what, 10, 10 years? Yeah. That they're just skimping out on paying an actor. That's what they're doing. Could you imagine being David Fincher on this thing? <laughs> just as she is leaving the wreckage, four of the inmates attempt to rape her, but another inmate, Dylan, intervenes and hits the inmates with a crowbar. I gotta re-educate the boys. Yes, <laughs> love that quote. I had it pulled up. <laughs> gotta re-educate some of the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Love that, that guy. I, it's interesting to see that. One, I get, listen, I get that they haven't been around a woman for a long time. And they, she's given a simple order. Don't walk around without a male escort. And I don't care how tough Ripley is. No, she's a pain in the ass in the first, second, and now the third movie. But don't you think that she would know where she is and probably, you know, probably shouldn't walk around without an escort? Um, and I don't think Bishop's going to help. <laughs> uh Ripley heads back to the infirmary and reactivates Bishop, who confirms that a facehugger came with them to Fiorina in the escape pod. Okay. How? <laughs> I, uh, you can't, I don't have an answer. I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the best part is... <laughs> is, there, I, uh, is there a best part? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The, apparently there... Uh, I don't remember seeing it in the assembly cup, but wasn't there an... There is an egg in Alien 3. 
Oh, you see it hanging from the wall. Yes. Yeah. How is there an egg without a queen? Number one. Well, the queen had was on the Sulaco yes, at one point. It stowed away, but not with the little <laughs> tube thing. <laughs> it's ovipositor. Ovipositor. <laughs> yes, it didn't have an ovipositor. And the I think the best thing is, how is anybody supposed to know about the super? And this is an actual title: super face hugger. In the movie. Which, and that's the thing. I never saw a super face hugger. Did you? Yes. It has webbed, like, the only difference between a face hugger and a super face hugger yeah. is web a webbing between the legs, and it's oh. a little bit bigger. I didn't notice it. I guess I it missed gets, it. It gets lifted up. Oh, okay. Because they find the, the remains. Oh, on the assembly cut. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, How I mean, is anybody supposed to... <laughs> it's not explained. Nothing yeah. is explained in this. And you never know that apparently super face huggers have the ability to lay two eggs. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, the super face hugger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't oh. say. You don't say. <laughs> uh, Just two, though. Only two? Only two. <laughs> and then it dies, you know. Ripley informs Andrews of her encounters with the aliens. Now, I got a problem here. First of all, shit's going down everywhere in this facility. She knows what it is and she won't tell anyone. And I get that she has been screwed over by the company and screwed over by androids, but you still throw it out there. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's so many dumb things in here. Like when, after she gets done screwing Clemens, because you know, she's been in space for a long time. Are you attracted to me? Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> that reminds me of like the awkward middle schooler. They like they're sitting there like, "Do you want to go out?" <laughs> I do wish you li- could. I, do you like me? Like me? I wish I could bottle JC's expression when that happened. <laughs> he, he he literally stood up from the couch. He was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, after she's done with that, he's like, "Can you please tell me what what's going on?" No. Can you tell me about your barcode? No, I can't tell you that either. Which leads to the most uninteresting story ever about his barcode. Uh, oh, I liked the, it, even in the autopsy. It's like, what are you looking for? Oh, j- cholera, cholera. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You can't mention. Oh, by the way, there was this, you know, species of alien. Yeah. That you know can lay an egg in a person, and that's how it's born, and it's in basically indestructible. You know, no, no, no mention of that at all. Nothing. 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 No. Ripley informs Andrews of her encounters with the aliens and suggests everyone work together to hunt down and kill it. And Andrews is funny because he gives basically the exact same speech the corporation does in Aliens when she's telling them what happened. So you're telling me, an alien <laughs> with acid for blood. <laughs> and I'm like, And Andrews says basically the exact same thing. It's pulled right from Aliens. Put it there. Jeez. Andrews does not believe her story. Because, you know, there's only been like seven murders so far. It must be something else. Coincidence. Yeah. Which I love the fact where they're like, Clemens, can you come down to the fan ship? The fan. We think we've lost a guy. He's been diced. Why are you calling a doctor down there? He can't do anything. We think. He literally exploded. (laughs) Golly. The alien surprise. Okay. Andrews does not believe her story, but explains that the facility has no weapons at a maximum 
security prison. There's no <laughs> weapons. On a, wait, it's even better. It's a maximum security prison on a military compound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> military compound, and there's not even a pulse rifle for self-defense. Nothing. Mm-mm. Now, when the dude that's in the air vents and cleaning, when he looks down and you know, he's like, hey, what are, you, what are you doing in there? That alien is full-grown. Why... Does that size not change throughout the rest? It looks like the same size alien that it came out of the cow. I don't. Well, out of the ox. cow or the ox or the dog. Or the dog. <laughs> it doesn't maintain its. It's like it came out of a dog. Yeah. Yet it's still small. It's. Well, I say I saw the <laughs> ox. So it came from an ox. Yet it's still smaller than the human version of an alien. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are having trouble following us as we try to make sense of this movie, watch the movie. And, and you will understand. You understand pain. why. And you will sustain that feeling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I got no answer for you. I have, I have no clue. I know this. This was their first try at not using a puppet, but CGI for an alien. Yeah. And to be honest with you, at the time, it looked really good. Today, it looks a little dated. Uh, sure. But... You can see why you needed this step in the middle between Aliens and then Alien Resurrection, where they finally get the CGI down. Yeah. Uh, you needed this part in the middle, though, to be like, oh, let's see if it works. And it kind of does. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, so here we go. Their only hope is the rescue ship being sent for Ripley by the Wayland yutani Corporation. The alien surprises Ripley and Clemens in the prison infirmary, where it kills Clemens. It runs up to Ripley... Gives her that, hi there, little mouth. (laughs) Stop. Not so fast, (laughs) y'all. It examines Ripley, but spares her and retreats. And we now go, (gasps) something special. Mm. That that was my favorite moment out of all three movies so far. Because I immediately was like, she's a queen! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! (laughs) But I was mad. I don't know, we'll get to it. I don't want to spoil for the listeners who haven't seen the movie. <laughs> Andrews orders Aaron to take her back to the infirmary, but he is dragged into the vents and killed by the alien with the greatest F-bomb ever uttered on <laughs> film. <laughs> fuck! He's <laughs> just like, pop, pops his head out of the corner and goes, fuck! <laughs> the look on his a- face. Oh, my gosh. It's just, it's perfect. Oh, because, I mean, it's almost like a Wes Anderson movie. Like, everyone in the room is staring directly at the camera. <laughs> and one guy in the middle of the screen just, like, pops up. He's like, F. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember seeing So comical. There are three scenes in this movie. Oh, here movie. you go, here you go, here you go. Get that foolish woman back to the But like the best part is like what they can't see on the podcast is they're all just standing there and he's like crouched down and he's just He's got a chair in his hand like he's gonna do something with it. Yeah. No one's It's the greatest F bomb ever uttered, I think. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so good. Every time I hear it, I laugh. Oh, it's yeah, great. Every, yeah, it's great. Um, 
<laughs> you can imagine as like an eleven year old, like how often I said that <laughs> after this movie. Uh, Ripley rallies the inmates and propose. Okay, the, yeah, the, uh, rallies the inmates and proposes they pour. Oh shit! Let's turn that off. <laughs> Ripley rallies the inmates and proposes they pour flammable toxic waste into the ventilation system and ignite it to flush out the alien. However, the alien's intervention causes an explosion and several inmates are killed. None of which you know their names. Uh, with Aaron's help, Ripley scans herself using the escape pod's medical equipment because you need a break in the movie, so why not just take a nap? <laughs> and discovers the embryo of an alien queen growing inside of her. She also discovers that Wayland yutani hopes to turn the aliens into biological weapons again. How does she know it's a queen? Uh... She only because, well, it's the only the assumption that the alien will not hurt her because she is vital. Okay. But well, I oh. assume, because they act like bees with a queen, if they don't have a queen, then how? Uh, I don't know. Joel? Maybe it's because the one that got on their ship was a queen. But it's not like queens only lay queens. Right. I know, but like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. Maybe. Well, technically... Oh, I'm so sorry. Um... Well, here's here's the thing with that super face hugger that nobody would ever know about. Super there are two hugger. embryos, so it's the brother, the super to hugger. the queen, super hugger, the king. No, no, when but the brother. Oh no, that wouldn't be the husband. Unless See. it's Game of Thrones, super <laughs> face ah. hugger, super face hugger. <laughs> I'm sorry, but don't make fun of the super face hugger. <laughs> He's vital to the story and the art. Here, to answer your question, yes, she doesn't know it's a queen. <laughs> <laughs> because this movie doesn't always make sense. Right, there we just, go. Just like her guy that was like, when I was down in the fan shaft, there was a burn on this one thing that, in this very dark fan shaft that you can't see anything. He's like, I noticed out of everything in the blood and guts of my colleague, there was a little bit of a burn over here, just like that little bit of a burn that somehow I know you saw in the spaceship earlier. Because I wasn't in the spaceship with you necessarily. I was like pulling you out of the spaceship. Yeah, but then they see the burn. But that's because you don't see it because it's not in the assembly cut. No, the assembly cut. It has the no, burn. It's in, there. in both. Yeah, but it's oh, like in the theatrical version. Yeah, but it's like it's very CSI Miami of him to be like, I saw that burn, just like you saw that burn earlier. Acid. And let's let's remember, he's got a keen sense of observational skills because he recognizes which which inmate has been diced because of his boot. Yeah, because they, <laughs> because everyone has the same like clothes. Everyone has the same barcode on the back of their neck, but they will let them shop for their own shoes <laughs> on this <laughs> dirty old planet. Deducing that the alien will not kill her because of the embryo she carries, Ripley begs Dylan to kill her. He agrees only if she helps the inmates kill the adult creature first. They form a plan to lure the creature into the foundry's molding facility, trap it via a series of closing doors, and drown it in molten lead. The bait-and-chase plan results in the death of every single prisoner except Morse and Dylan. And Dylan gives his pep talk right beforehand. Do you want to... What is it? Do you want to die on your feet? On your feet? Or I can't remember what it was. Um, he says you're all going to die. The only question is how can you check out? No, the only question is how you check out. Do you want to do it on your feet or on your fucking knees? <laughs> begging. I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, <laughs> that thing. Let's find it. <laughs> Dylan was bad with two Ds. Yes. He was my... Gosh, he's great. 
<laughs> the <laughs> which the set piece for that chamber that they locked the alien the uh, waste mm-hmm. um, dump chamber I forget what it said danger waste it's it, a toxic chem- waste toxic, danger <laughs> yes toxic waste danger that is the worst looking I am to- I'm yeah I talk into the mic oh not God. to the side of the mic. The toxic waste danger chamber <laughs> is by far the worst looking set piece in the entire Alien franchise. It looks like it was taken out of Universal Studios Orlando. Yeah. Complete with steam and fog machines and flashy lights. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, well, that was probably a part that was built before David Fincher got there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Dylan remains in the mold to distract the alien. But. He's already backing off on his word to because here's the thing. If he's going to kill Ripley after he kills the alien, that's his word, right? Yes. Okay. If she stays in there, in in the lead works, and he comes out, he can just pour lead on both of them and keep his promise. Yeah, I don't know why that didn't happen. He sends her ass up there, and you know, he's not gonna keep his promise. And I get, well, he's a convict, he's a liar. Well, what was the point? Yeah, I didn't get that at all. Uh, so he stays down there. The alien jumps on him, starts eating away. Dylan's still alive, though. He's still yelling and screaming, come here. I got you. I got you. Come on. Come on. That's all you got. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want to point out that before, now you said that in the assembly cut, you don't, or in the theatrical cut, you don't see the crazy inmate release the beast. Correct. Right. You see, there's a there's a entire chunk where they catch it the first time in that the was middle it, of this. That whole thing was not in the. They cut that whole chunk out. Wow. Okay. Well, leading up to that, when uh, the alien is chasing them through uh, all those halls, there is a prisoner that doesn't make it out quite in time, and the alien literally runs and you know. I guess he karate chops him with both his hands, and he literally s- explodes into just a, a <laughs> cloud of meat and bone and flesh. You How, mean just, just before he gets to the door. <laughs> yeah, literally. Just kaboom. Yeah. Blood. So did Alien lose his strength when he was on top of, what was his name? Dylan? I don't know. I also know that the Alien certainly can't run at certain speeds at certain points. <laughs> yeah. It can outrun everything except for a guy running down a hall. Yeah. I did like that third person view though. <laughs> See, that was and that's the problem with this movie is that you have like two bad things and then one really cool thing. Yeah. The first time you get the alien perspective where it starts walking on the walls and stuff, and you're like, oh, that is so cool how they did that. I did not like the little insect. <laughs> okay, <noises>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a little too like it was a little too lost in space spidery. Yeah. <laughs> Spiders, you say. So, yeah, the, the Morse pull, pours the molten lead onto both of them. The alien is covered in molten metal but escapes the mold because it's got to jump out of the mold. Right. Uh, Ripley then activates the fire sprinklers with the worst, I want to say, the, the most poorly placed chains to turn something on. First of all, how does she? They're, they're hanging everywhere. How does she know which one to pull? You just have to assume, just like the face, super face hugger. I'm going to answer this with the answer from earlier. She, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. Ripley activates the fire sprinklers, causing the alien's exoskeleton to cool rapidly and shatter, killing it. 
The Wayland yutani commando team arrives, including a man who looks identical to Bishop, who explains that he is Bishop's creator. He tries to persuade Ripley to undergo surgery to remove the queen embryo, which he claims will be destroyed. Ripley refuses and steps back onto a mobile platform, which Morse positions over the furnace. The Wayland yutani team shoot Morse in the leg in a late effort to stop him, but the damage is already done. He's already fucking out there. Aaron strikes the bishop lookalike with a wrench and is shot dead. Ignoring the commandos, please, Ripley throws herself into the furnace as the infant alien queen erupts Jesus from her God. chest. And Unless you watch the assembly cut and it never happens. I love that she's... Wait, what? Has the awareness. In the, all the other movies, the moment it bursts out of the chest, the person is dead. But she has the awareness to be like, oh, nope. And she reaches out and grabs the alien, like wrestles with it until she hits the lava. Wait, it's, wait, 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 wait. In the assembly cut, it never they, bursts. It never over. happens. Yeah. What? Why didn't they keep that? The ox thing makes sense because the alien, you know, it's the same size as the dog. Why not? I'm. She went in a. What? <laughs> They, she went out Jesus style and just got engulfed in the lava, and you're like, oh, okay, that's it. Yeah. In the in the assembly cut, she does the hands out, Christ pose, falls into the flames. In the theatrical cut, she's hands out, Christ oh, I'm pose. Oh, watching it right here. And then she puts her arm around it as like one thing. Cre- See, now Sam's watching it for the first time right now. <laughs> I've, Wait, only, I've only while, seen the assembly cut. I have not seen the theatrical cut ever. While, <laughs> how bad was little Mr. Roboto, dude wearing the poncho and, like, silver sunglasses, Japanese oh, actor that walks in. He was something like, straight out of Resident Evil. What is with oh, me? I was going to say cast <laughs> member He's, from, like, so bad. I was going to say cast member from Blade Runner. Yes. <laughs> he had the blue blockers on. Oh, my gosh. He was <laughs> awful, and I wanted him to play a bigger part. Are that's you wondering what, That's not? why they took it out, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, it makes sense on this regard. It, it, the, having it come out, you now see that she is killing both species, herself and the queen. Done. Gone. Finality. But by taking it out, what does it really do? She fell a lot farther than it seemed. <laughs> Number yeah. one. Number <laughs> she two, fell for a minute. <laughs> yeah, when she's falling in slow-mo, those hands are <laughs> working real time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Couple That's f- incredible. The one or two things don't work in this movie. <laughs> There's a few, right? Just a couple. <laughs> Ripley grabs it to prevent it from escaping as they both fall into the furnace. The facility is closed, and the only surviving inmate, Morse, is led away, as Ripley's recording from the first film plays for the final time in the EEV. So, what did you think after watching this film, Sam? <laughs> it's still a likable Big old piece of shit. <laughs> There's some polish on the turd. There's just it's <laughs> it's hard to find, but I know I, I'll still watch it again and again. I don't know why. Joel, I I asked myself how did this dirty diaper <laughs> end up being my favorite movie experience <laughs> out of all of them. I appreciate Alien for its artistic ability mm-hmm. in that. As a film, that is the best one all right. out of all yeah. of them, in my opinion, I've seen. And you saw Alien first. And I saw Alien first. My theory continues. 
This was so much fun. <laughs> was it fun because we were all joking around about the entire thing at the time? I mean, I th- I think you have to take that into consideration because yeah. when you're watching with friends, every movie's a little bit better. Um, but good grief! They, I mean, there were movies, there were points in the movie where I would look at y'all and be like, I don't know if this is supposed to try to. Are they trying to parody this, <laughs> or are they trying to be serious? I can I can just see you looking like Joe and JC are on your both your sides, and at those points in your head, you're just like, you look at them, waiting for an answer of like. <laughs> I'm seeing this, correct? I'm not the only one thinking that. <laughs> we were mostly looking at JC's reactions. I think. <laughs> oh, J- I loved watching JC watch this movie <laughs> because he was as on the edge of his seat as I was. Because, like, there was one point where he was sitting up. Yep. Then his like legs were crossed on the seat, on the couch. Then he was laying down with his feet on the way. Then he like switched <laughs> sides and he's laying he's laying the other way. Everyone was just like shifting in their chairs the entire movie. <laughs> Uh, for me, listen. I for me to watch this film and not think of where I was when I was eleven is very difficult. Uh, I watch it now and I'm just like, I I see a lot of Fincher in it, early Fincher, which I'm happy with. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but it, it's after watching the assembly cut first and then this one, I was kind of like, okay, well, the second time I see it, the theatrical, it'll feel shorter, it'll feel good, and it didn't feel shorter. It felt just as long, and I just wanted to curl up in a ball and watch something else afterwards. It was long. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, did the Academy Awards get it right? Well, it was nominated for Best Visual Effects, and it lost to Death Becomes Her, the Roseanne Barr movie, I believe. Uh, Batman Returns was in there. Alien 3 was nominated, but it lost to Death Becomes Her. It's uh, a, I, Oh, wait, that's She-Devil I'm thinking of. Death Becomes Her had Meryl Streep in it. Meryl Streep. And Bruce Willis. But uh, I'm just a baffled that Batman Returns and Alien 3 were in the Academy Awards. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were in the Golden Globes. So, uh, what worked well for you in the movie and your favorite parts? Uh, I'll start off here. The evolution of what the alien could do. I did like that. You know, now it can climb on walls, it can do all this stuff. The visuals are really good. Uh, You can tell this movie has Fincher's eye all over it from the director's point of view. The cast is friggin' fantastic. But it's an example of how you can have a great director in a cast, but if you don't have a consistent idea or script, it's a total waste of talent. Joel? I love... My favorite part of the movie is Dylan. Okay. I love Dylan's character. Just that... that we'll use the word ornery, like mm-hmm. old military man that's just... I'm going to teach... You got to teach some of these brothers a lesson. And... Well, you don't want to know me, lady. Yeah, he was like... <laughs> he reminded me of like a rigid... like. Off-brand James Earl Jones. Okay, with All the right. with like the glasses, like Evil Jones. <laughs> yeah, he reminded me of James Earl. That's Sandlot, right? Yeah, yeah. He just reminded me of his character from Sandlot before <laughs> he went blind. See, all I can see is uh, if they decided to actually pull this movie and uh, bring it out today, is Forrest Whitaker's character from Rogue One. Yeah, which Saw Guerrero. Which I did yeah. not like his character. But I also want to admire how gnarly they consistently make the dismembered androids look. They do a very good job of that. That makes me gag every <laughs> single time in every movie. Is it the milky movie. stuff? Yes, it is. But also it's like the I don't like I don't want to use the word pulp, but like, yeah, it's like, oh. oh <laughs> but then, it was like, why is so much like unnecessary nastiness in there? Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a robot. 
not a bag of spoiled milk. You know? <laughs> but every time one gets dismembered, they go from being this perfect humanoid to what looks like someone filled a trash bag with old milk, put it in their garage, and then just like threw a baseball at it. <laughs> like, <that's> what- <laughs> Not going to lie, that sounds grosser than I thought. <laughs> Sam, how about you? Uh, I thought the cast and director were awesome. Um, and it sucks that they will be rem- not remembered, but you know, they got to have this on their resume. Yeah. Um, and I thought the atmosphere was very David Finchery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. It was awesome. Um, you could have filmed seven there. You really could. <laughs> yeah. But the altered idea of what Vincent Ward had is what ruins and convolutes everything. Yeah. I, I don't know why they didn't go with the monks. It made more sense without the weapons. It made more sense from a the brothers coming to a religious thing. Coming up within the future, men are having double Y chromosomes. Yeah. Like, what if they just turned that military... Co- you can't even put a military... Like, a mining compound was a sanctuary for monks. Yes. And the idea that maybe, instead of killing off Newt and... I'm sorry, I, I always just remember Ash. Hick. H- no, no, Hicks? Yeah. Hicks. That the part of uh, Ward's story was that as a monk saw it as a good omen <clears throat> that Ripley was coming, that after monks started disappearing, that it was actually a bad omen and that she brought a demon with her, that they would capture Newt and Hicks and maybe that would progress into a oh, my God, they're going to kill him. Oh, no, 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 no. And then they kill him. Yeah. So it's like you took a good idea. You tried to make it work, per se. <laughs> but it doesn't, and it ruins the entire film. Yeah. You have so so much talent, and Fox just couldn't pull it's consi- their head out of their own ass. I believe it on a, on a specific list. I can't remember which list it was, but it's considered in the top ten greatest movies that never happened. I like even I I'm just trying to imagine what it that wouldn't even even when I just <clears throat> even when I heard about this uh Ward's version all I can think of is what that sanctuary would look like. See, I always thought of, you know, they changed it. the producers thought it'd be better to be on a planet. Mm-hmm. I just assumed it was going to be on a planet. So it was going to be vastly different. Like this was going to be an art piece. It was going to be with woods, a lot of greenery, life, not a spaceship or a dead mining planet it's it's hard yeah we'll get into it what didn't work for the movie for you i'll start with joel um i did not like the direction they went with like the post-apocalyptic um monastery prison Mm. rapist planet (laughs) i just i didn't i just hated the whole vibe about it which is probably why I just I never want, never wanted to see like Fury Road or anything like that. I just I, those movies don't do it for me. Okay. Like I just I don't like I just didn't like the feel of it. I yeah. just thought it was the first two movies were so good to then say, all right, it's 1992. Everyone loves grunge music right now, so let's just give them this like little gritty post-apocalyptic planet. And it just it didn't need that. It, yeah, well, it smells like Teen Spirit filmed there. <laughs> it's just like it's not it, it that was not necessary um 
I also did not like the inmate that looked like the orc from Two Towers. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why can't we have some meat? <laughs> <laughs> he like chases Mary and Pippin around. <laughs> With no legs, right? Didn't he have no legs, too? The guy that didn't have it? Yeah, remember he was crawling on his arms? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah he got him chopped off. Uh, Sam, how about you? What didn't work for you? Uh, I think it related back to the what I what uh, did work. Uh, I should have just thrown it here, but picking what to keep from Vincent Ward's screenplay, but not taking care of the elements that are crucial to making this movie your story believable. Mm-hmm. Um, why are there no guns on a military compound in a prison, a maximum security prison with murderers and rapists? <laughs> I get that you know it's all men on the planet, but you know sometimes men can get. Lonely? Lonely. <laughs> Please explain the face hugger problem in the beginning. <laughs> why would one why would a face hugger melt two holes into two escape pods but only lay one egg? And then apparently survive a, a ship crash only to attach itself to an ox or a dog. Mm. Um Let's see, what else? Fox needed to pull its head out of its own ass and work out the kinks instead of rushing a movie and trying to be like a mix of Alien and Aliens. Yeah. And... yeah, you're just... Okay. Yeah, that's right. For me, it's the confusion about which edition of this movie is the definitive version. The aspect ratio... I mean, yeah, because even the director's cut's like, there's more stuff, but it makes sense. David Fincher won't even... He, he, if he won't acknowledge this movie... In either iteration, how, how do you take it seriously at all? Uh, the aspect ratio at times in this movie bothered the heck out of me. They kept switching it yeah. every now and then. I, I hate that. I, I hate when I go to somebody's house to watch a movie, and they've got the movie stretched to fit their screen. And I'm like, I'm no, I'm not watching it this way. I'm going home. The well, fact like, that, Sorry, can I interrupt you? Yeah. You hate director's cuts, but mm-hmm. at least director's cuts. I don't have- hate director's cuts. When there's two cuts of a movie? It's them precious. I, I, I hate the fact that it's becoming a trend to do that now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I was going to say, I mean, this is the worst possible thing because it's not a director's cut anymore. It's, no, it's a producer's. It's a, it's a studio's it's cut. It's a studio's cut. Yeah. Ugh. Carry on. Oh, okay. <laughs> the fact that the alien moves wicked fast unless it doesn't work for the plot. Yeah. <laughs> there's, you know? There's, it can go on. And I'm sorry, early CGI just looks cartoonish. You got to test the waters. And I'll say this. I will not use that early CGI as a reason for my grade later on because at 1990 or 92 when this great. it looked great. So if that's the time period it was in, I have to grade it on that time period. Yeah. Uh, who's the audience for this movie? Joel. Uh, people that want a dumb action movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sam? Well, I guess I'll go first because you're... <laughs> Completionists, those that want a reason to appreciate the first two films even more. Sam? Uh, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to agree with Joe and that somebody who needs the resolution. There you go. That's it. Uh, who, you have to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm looking at your grade. Would you like? Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll go first with the movie report card for a sci-fi horror film. I'm torn on this. On the one hand, I give it a lot of credit to David Fincher for trying to pick up the pieces and create something that visually looks good with no story to start with. This is like someone hiring you to build a house with no blueprints, but they've already poured the foundation. Coincidentally, the evil corporation that continually messes everything up in the alien films 
is the studio execs making this film. The theatrical cut has plot holes all over it. After about 20 minutes of the film, I looked at JC smiling and asked, does it seem like there are some crucial scenes missing? How did the egg get in the ship? Why is Ripley being impregnated by a mystery? Why is it a mystery when you showed us her cryo tube at the beginning getting compromised by the facehugger? Why switch from a dog in the theatrical to an ox in the assembly cut? And you think to yourself, all right, it'll be on the assembly cut. The answers, no. The story is vastly different in nearly 45 minutes longer. I'm busy. Even Even David Fincher won't claim this movie as his own. That's why it's not a director's cut. It's an assembly cut. When he asked by the studio to do a director's cut, he told them straight up, there isn't one. This isn't a failure because without this movie, you don't get David Fincher. But guess what? I'm giving this an F. There are good things to find in this film. I like how 90% of it is shot. The aspect ratio changing bothered me. The cast is such a fantastic group of actors who do, you, who do what they can with what they've got. The sets are compelling in that they remind you of the original Alien with the tunnels and corridors that make you feel like there's nowhere to run. But there is some place to run. Outside! They're not in space. They can just run outside. Yeah. Done. The sets, uh, let's see. Or move uh, compounds. Prisoners with no character development, unless you watch the poorly paced assembly cut, gives you nobody to care about. The ending of the theatrical cut is great. Ripley kills herself as the queen bursts through her chest. The ending of the assembly cut is lame. No chest burster. Just the death of Ripley. This is a full-on F for me. I think this is my first F. Huh. Is it my first F? Tell us how you really feel, Joe. I think it is, actually. I, and that's the problem, is I, I want to like this every time I watch it. It is a failure in the series. It's an F, and you've, but you've seen it more than once, and you're still giving it an F? I had to watch it for this one. That's fair. Joel! Everyone would say it with me, A, A, <laughs> A, 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 A. No. No, why are you giving it an A? I don't. I oh, don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I should was going for reactions. Um, I give it a C. Okay. Because, damn it, it's it was not a good movie. But according to my my personal movie calculators, your rubric, my rubric, aside from like what it is in the whatever genre this one is in, which one did we put this in? Sci-fi, sci-fi <laughs> horror. <laughs> um. I don't know. In, in my personal view on movies, like, did I see it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do I regret seeing it? Not even a little bit. <laughs> 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 it was such a fun movie experience. Now, granted, you need to be with other people in order to not feel like your time was wasted. Yeah. But how can, I mean, it was in it. See <laughs> average? See is average. This is an average sci-fi horror film for you. I would not give it an average movie score. Well, this is your movie score. But I will give it an average sci-fi horror okay. score. C. All right. C. C. Okay. C. <laughs> C. C. Sam? Now. You, I can't believe this. You, oh, it's, it's changing. <laughs> no! It's changing. So here's the deal. Up, I hope. I, <laughs> I originally graded this immediately after I watched the film. Okay. There was no digestion. There was no thought. I've only watched this movie two times total. Two times total. C++++++. Uh, (laughs) Now, 
with that being said, in the discussion and a couple days to digest and really think about this, it's not an F, but it's a D. Boo. It's a D. (laughs) Because it cannot hold up to average sci-fi horror or sci-fi movies. It cannot hold up. She always such wet blankets. (laughs) 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 It can't hold up. Uh, It's. uh, I have no problem watching this movie again. I probably will, but it's a big old steamy pile of garbage. But the only reason it gets a D is because I still love the atmosphere. The actors are awesome. But that's it. I'll say this. My original score before I watched these movies was a C. Then when I watched the assembly cut first on Sunday, I dropped it down to a D. And then after watching the theatrical with you guys, it went straight to an F. Uh, see, I still haven't even watched the theatrical version. I feel like Joey in the episode of Friends where like Rachel accidentally like puts beef in the trifle. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what's not to like? Jam, good. Ladyfingers, good. Meat, good. Like, what's not to like? Guy falls down. <laughs> Big fan. Alien pops out of uh, the metal, liquid metal, and then mm-hmm. explodes, which was stupid. <laughs> yep. Instead of taking Newt to the machine to see inside of her, you know, yeah. cut her up. I th- this was, I think I just loved how bad this movie was everyone everyone has that really bad movie that they end up just adoring and th- maybe mine is alien cubed I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> so it do you want to change your grade no it was horrible i okay. mean like I would, if i'm changing i'm giving it a d but <laughs> there it is <laughs> no, i said if i said if uh, okay well, well. In, in i'm saying like in the retrospect of movies as a whole yes. it's a d but in the sci-fi horror genre it is a s- average movie fair enough i can respect that i will respect that but i'm curious for context how many sci-fi horrors have you seen oh um i I don't know two Terminator. no no. (laughs) terminators you have to remember i'm a terminator guy yes i do and i think that gets the a uh alien was good uh, I'll I'll y'all keep going. I'll I'll okay. try to find how many of these I've seen. Uh, hey, if this movie's released on Blu-ray today, would you buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it? I myself would borrow it for two reasons. One, it completes the Alien trilogy. If you sit there and disown Resurrection, and it's David Fincher's first film, so it's that right there. Two reasons, right, to borrow it. I'm not going to forget about it. It's but it's second bomb with me. Sam, how about you? If it came out on Blu-ray today, because mm-hmm. because the, the problem was I bought it with the set, so mm-hmm. it just came with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's like I, the Animatrix and the yeah, Matrix ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I said borrow it because I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like if if uh, you know if David Fincher was super cocky about this film. I might buy it just to throw it away and record it on YouTube or something. <laughs> but huh. no. Borrow it, watch it, give it back. Never didn't speak for, of it. Then forget about it. <laughs> Joel, Joel? You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got Bennett with a LOL next to it. <laughs> but, like Bennett, ironically? <laughs> I guess. This, I feel like. 
I'm saying bin it, but in this way. It's like when you're at a thrift store and you're walking and you see like the stone cold Austin 316 shirt for $3 (laughs) and you know, you're never going to wear it a lot, (laughs) but it's so funny. You're like, you know, it'd be funny if I walked out of the store with this. (laughs) I'm still looking for one of those shirts. if, If you were to go to a store and you have all these movies to your exposure, but I say, but then you walk out with alien cubed and I say you bin it, but only if it's under three dollars. Yeah, okay. you can't you can't verify you can't validate <laughs> paying more than three dollars unless it's part of the bundle already. I hear you. Uh, well, gosh, there you go. That's that's a uh, that's the I believe this is the low point in the Alien franchise, and I say low point because at least Alien Resurrection is a complete story. Yeah. So yes. we're gonna get that at least next week. It's it's still a bad movie. Sam's worst. He, Sam hates resurrection. Uh, and you take you go from a great director and great cast to just the complete opposite. So chronologically, but this at is, least there is a story. There is a story. Chronologically, this was not the last on the timeline. No, no. So how many before then? It goes to the prequels. This is the resurrection is the last. Resurrection's the very last. Very yes. last. This, and it's then the they start this point in Alien. And then they start telling the before story. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and help the show get on its feet with a four- or five-star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod, and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and SoundJ Music for providing our intro music and our ending music. Thanks for listening, and happy movie-watching. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.